He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the uh, Monday morning, bright and early. This is Bill Gunderson. It's the Best Stocks Now show uh, with professional money manager, Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. I'm here with Barry Kite, our chartered financial analyst. And after a very busy week uh, last week, we're off to a little bit of a, a flattish kind of start here uh, so far. You got the uh, Dow up 90 points, 39,222. That's, uh, I think that's a new all-time high as we close in on 40,000. The S&P, however, is up just four points. It's at 5,093. I want to say that's a new all-time high. Uh, the NASDAQ uh, is up 13 points at 16,010 uh, as it gets close to its all-time high. Uh, the Russell 2000 is up a half a percent. Good day for the small caps. Crude oil is up 30 cents to 76.79. Gold uh, is down $12 per ounce to 2037. Silver's down 40 cents. Hasn't done much lately. 22.58 per ounce. The 10-year is flattish here. It's pretty uh, stable at 4.26%. Uh, and Bitcoin, which uh, the ECB is warning about today, we'll get to that in a minute. Bitcoin is down $31 to 51680 So welcome to today's uh, Best Stocks Now show with the professional money manager, Bill Gunderson, President of Gunderson Capital Management. I'm here with Barry Kite, our chartered financial analyst. And uh, I broadcast live uh, every morning. Now, in some markets, it's heard on a, on a delayed basis, but the news doesn't change there from the time I do it. I broadcast from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, on the shores of the, uh, the Wando River. And, Barry, we had a lot of action here in South Carolina on Saturday. Uh, all the mucky mucks were here, and of course, uh, the voting for in the Republican nomination took place, and uh, it was interesting because you know our former governor Nikki Haley, obviously, was uh, heavily involved in that, and I think some interesting things came out of that, Barry. I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, number one, Trump won uh, about sixty to forty. Okay. And uh, it is an open primary, so we really don't know how much of her 40% were uh, Democrats. Where it came from, right? (laughs) Exactly. But I thought, in listening to her speech afterwards, uh, obviously she didn't uh, drop out of the race. She uh, is going to continue on. But I heard something interesting. I thought I'd bring it to everybody's attention here. Uh, There is talk... I mean, pretty serious talk of a no-labels party. Okay, Barry, have you heard that? Yeah, that's a co- uh, what Koch bro- brothers No, are, uh, no, are, the uh, Koch brothers withdrew their 
uh, money from her. From her, can, but on the but they're they're the ones that are doing the uh, no labels. Well, maybe they're that, behind the right? no labels. Yeah, I think they're trying to get her to. They're like we're taking your money away from uh, on the Republican side, so she'll go over to the yeah, uh, to the no labels oh, side. Okay, so, and <laughs> we'll give you your money if you come back over here. <laughs> did you happen to see who the chairman of the no labels party is? No, I did not. Who's Joe, that? Joe Cunningham. Oh yeah, I remember. I oh, did yeah, not. I remember our former that. congressman, who's pretty left-leaning Democrat, who was upended by uh, Nancy Mace. Mm-hmm, right. So he was on Fox News I, over the weekend, and they're definitely going to have a no labels party, and uh, she is a top contender for that. And you know, it's kind of weird because Cunningham and. Nikki Haley are at opposite ends of the spectrum as far as politics go. But I've never seen a year that was more ripe, right, for a third-party candidate when you've got a, uh, a Joe Biden versus a Donald Trump uh, election. Now, does it get around the delegate issue? I'm not quite sure, but uh, they he by, uh, Joe Cunningham said that they won't decide on their candidate until after... Uh, Super Tuesday. Okay. Well, I, know, I do know they're on the, all the ba- I did see where they're on all fifty states' ballots. The 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 no labels party really is on, uh, is on uh, you know apparently has got you know it, and I'm not uh, I'm no political whiz but I know that they apparently they're on all you know they're able to be on all ballots right whatever so well, they've done they've already met that requirement okay. whatever that requirement is so you know I'm just saying that Cunningham is very left leaning. Yeah, and he had to because it was. Uh, I think didn't he lose at some point? And I have to go back. I thought he, he lost. lost well, like, he a ran Republican for governor. primary. I thought he lost a primary one time, and then he had to go to the to, to the Democratic side. Well, I, thought, I think so he he's always been a Democrat. As he, he might. Have yeah, been, yeah, but he <laughs> ran against our governor McMaster's and got thumped by him. I'm just saying that you know Joe Cunningham is definitely working for the Democrats, and uh, you know if they could if they could talk Nikki Haley. Into running, I mean, that would sink Trump. I'm just telling you, okay, from my observation. Now, if they pick somebody else, uh, a, a Democrat, to be that no labels, it would hurt Biden. And I'm just saying that because Joe Cunningham is the chairman, the chances are very good that he's going to choose some kind of. And, you know, the other thing is I, I, I heard a stat on the exit polls that 60% of the people that voted for uh, Nikki Haley said they would never, ever, ever vote for Trump. So that just throws another twist uh, into it all. Uh, the last uh, third-party candidate that made any kind of noise was Ross Perot, who I think he got like 20, 25 percent of the vote. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, it's right at twenty or just under twenty. Still didn't. I don't believe he won any electoral vote. Um, so it was. Uh, it was just a strictly a popular vote. Um, yes. So it's a. It's a tough road to hoe for the. Uh, for the. Yes. For the third party. It's but just the way the system set this, up. Uh, you know what? I mean, I can see. This is not something to discount at all. And, uh, you know, as I was traveling uh, down the highway, I also saw the uh, Kennedy bus, all right? Uh, oh, did Robert you? Robert Kennedy okay. Jr. Yeah. But he doesn't <laughs> seem to be gaining much traction. But I do think that this no labels thing, I don't know quite how it works with the delegates. But uh, I think there's something up Joe Cunningham's sleeve. He's, he's definitely an operative. 
I will uh, say it's the oddest thing around here is I you know literally have seen probably the least amount of political you know signs in yards very right, few than I've ever seen and you know and and I don't know if I've really seen a Trump one yet obviously he didn't no. really have to no. didn't really seem like he had to campaign very hard because of the fact that he was uh, you know pretty much leading uh um, pretty easily, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, besides a few Nikki Haley signs, I've really seen no political you know signs in yards no, or anything. I've it's seen a few billboards and commercials yeah. for Trump, and that's about it. Okay, yeah. so where did we end on Friday? Or on yes, on Friday. Obviously, the big day last week was on Thursday after Nvidia's uh, big pop. Uh, can, you know, Nvidia had a massive impact on the earnings estimates uh, for the entire S and P 500. And a you know, very by crunching the numbers impact. this weekend, I do. I said, where did that big pop in uh, earnings estimates come from for this quarter? And it came from Nvidia. It was sizable. It wasn't minor. It was like a couple of bucks per share. That's a lot when you consider there's 500 companies uh, in the S and P 500. Uh, the S&P closed the week with a 21.0 forward P.E. ratio. And I put a chart in the newsletter over the weekend of how that 21 looks uh, versus uh, where the normal forward P.E. ratio, which is more around the 18.5 area. So now it would take a 9 to 10% correction to get the forward P.E. back to that 18.519 area, something else to think about. Okay, let's. And that multiple, that multiple be maybe under pressure a little bit later on this week because we get the uh, we get the PCE index mm-hmm. on uh, on right. Thursday, which will in a, along with the weekly jobless claims, which you get every week. But yeah, we get the uh, the Fed's uh, preferred uh, inflation measure on Thursday, so we'll see how we we saw how the CPI affected things. Uh, when it was released uh, a couple weeks back, and so we'll get that uh, we'll get that on Thursday. Yeah, and I've seen these big Wall Street firms scrambling to up their target price for this year because they were behind the curve. The latest to do that, UBS, ups its year-end S and P 500 target price to 5,200. Well, okay, we're at 5,100 now. That does not leave a lot of upside potential for the rest of the year, uh, according to UBS. And uh, if we were to get more upside potential, really the only thing that would bring that about would be a correction of 10%, 8%, 7%, whatever the case may be. Do I hear 11%? Uh <laughs> Other than that, uh, we don't have a whole lot of upside potential. We've had a year's worth of action in the first two months of this year. Now what? We'll be right back. second quarter of today's best stocks now show well <clears throat> we've got uh, the ECB that's the uh, European Central Bank which is the equivalent of our Fed here in the US weighing in on crypto 
their bottom line is Bitcoin is bad. Okay, everybody's got an opinion. This is the, the ECB who carries a little bit of weight. All the excitement around last month's regulatory approval of multiple spot Bitcoin exchange-traded funds doesn't change the fact that Bitcoin is not suitable as a means of payment or as an investment. Two staff members at the European Central Bank wrote in a recent blog post. Then why is this dead cat bouncing so high? Uh, he was asked, uh, year-to-date, Bitcoin is up 16.5%. And that's coming on the heels of a, of a massive move last year. There's just a lot of speculation uh, in uh, in the cryptos. The European Union has been a key player in crypto regulation, having implemented last year a comprehensive regulatory framework for digital asset investments What's more, the ECB has been focused on developing a central bank-issued digital euro. That's a, what do they call that, a CB, central bank uh, digital currency, CBDC, to offer a secure substitute for private uh, crypto. They're big on those acronyms over in the ECB. Yes, and I I can't keep up with them all. (laughs) I do think at some point we're going to have a digital currency of some sort, and it won't be a private one. It will be one that the government's got their mitts into, and that seems to be kind of the direction we're going. Okay, earnings. First, let's do the uh, companies that are reporting this week, and then let's take a look at where we're at with about 90% of the companies now having reported this week we're going to get Salesforce, which is a member of the Dow and the S&P 500, Snowflake, Zoom Video, Hewlett Packard, Zscaler, uh, AI, uh, Dell Technologies, Plug Power, Devon Energy, AMC Entertainment, Lowe's, Macy's, eBay, Best Buy. That's a pretty good lineup, actually. Uh, First Solar. Uh, Beyond Meat, uh, Virgin Galactic, Lee Auto, which we, I think we got this morning, Workday, Marathon Digital Holdings, which is a, a Bitcoin uh, miner, and Autodesk. So that's a pretty good lineup there of companies uh, that will be reporting this week. Okay, that'll so keep now, you, that'll keep you busy for next uh, Thursday yeah, and Friday's uh, yeah, newsletter development. Yeah, yeah. We'll have something, and then <laughs> then I would say we can put a wrap around uh, this earnings season. Now here's where we stand uh, right now with uh, I think 89 percent. Let me find my notes here. There it is. 89 percent of the S and P five other companies have reported 77% beat their earnings estimates. Now, that's about normal, okay? That's pretty much average. In addition to this, 64% have beaten their sales estimate, which is also about average. But the big move this week, we were expecting earnings growth of about 2.5% for this quarter. But... NVIDIA report this past week. Now it's 7.5%. It went up 5 percentage points because of one company. And in fact, uh, we were at 55.07 last week for the quarter. That was the estimate. After, bit, after uh, not Bitcoin, but uh, NVIDIA's report, we're now at $57.14. 
So NVIDIA raised the quarterly earnings by $2.07. And you've got to remember, I mean, that's a huge jump uh, for right. just one member of the S&P 500. Uh, and uh, so we've got uh, a big jump, but it also, we closed the week with a forward P.E. of 21X. Uh, the highest we got was 23.5. That was at the beginning of 22. That was the giddiness coming out of COVID year. Yeah, and virtually still, and we're at that point, you know, basically still zero percent interest rates that the Fed had announced that they were going to uh, begin to raise, but they hadn't. They still hadn't raised the Fed funds rate at that point. Yes, and then okay, the market sold off, and here's what the Fed basically did to that forward PE. They drove it from twenty three point five down to fifteen point five. Okay. They did a lot of damage. We started, uh, uh, let's see, this year we started the year, I think, at about 7, 18, somewhere in there, uh, 19. We're up to 21. That's not good. The five-year average is 19. The 10-year average is 17.7. The trailing P.E. ratio is 22.8, which is also well above average of about 20.9. Okay, so... Hence, you've got an expensive market right now uh, that uh, does not have a lot of upside potential unless the multiple expands further, which it could. I mean, the market speculates. Uh, It doesn't make sense for it to be at 21 right now, but that's where it is. I don't think you can apply 21 times to forward earnings and and be able to justify your uh, logic there. Uh, it belongs more in the 18 to 19 range, okay? And uh, we're going to get a few more earnings reports this week. It should have very little impact. I think we pretty much know where we're at right now, $57 per share. Now, if you, that's the last quarter of last year, so we'll put a bow around 2023. But that $57 per share, that puts you at a run rate now of about 228 uh, for this year, but we're expecting somewhere in the 245 range this year, 245, as we're expected to ramp up, especially in the back half of this year. But anything goes, okay? Uh, we got a, a very, very, very contentious presidential election coming up. Uh, all kinds of things could happen there. That seems to me to be a major threat <clears throat> to the market. Will we just have a friendly election and everybody accept the results and everybody go their way and and wish the other side good luck? I don't see that. Uh, I see massive contention uh, one way or another there, uh, maybe even before the election. So that that's a consideration. We've got an expensive market. You've got to tiptoe a little bit. You've got to be a little bit vigilant here. Uh, you can't just throw uh, money uh, willy-nilly. Uh, at the market here uh, right now. Be very careful. And you have to also be looking to protect some big profits and some big gainers uh, in the market uh, since, uh, boy, since January of last year, really, when we called a bottom in the NASDAQ. Uh, Okay, now I will hopefully be working on a new article. Uh, The last article I wrote on NVIDIA, I called it the very best stock in the market. And that was quite some time ago. What, what, what was that, August of last year or something I think that was like that? It, my date's right, August 29th is what I've 
Yeah, well, I would say I called it exactly the very best stock in the market, unless you're going to count some little Bitcoin miner that, that has beat it since then. Now, okay, I'll be doing my last update on their valuation today because the numbers are starting to settle in. Where does NVIDIA go from here? We'll be right back. This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. Back here to the uh, second half of today's Best Stocks Now show, uh, the next trillion-dollar company. But first, the weird story uh, of the weekend. How much technology, Barry, went into Intuitive Machines' uh, little spaceship that landed on the moon uh, last week? And, of course, the stock doubled. How much technology went into that thing? And what brought it down? It tipped over. Okay, so the the most simple technology of all, the shares plunged more than 30% after its spacecraft tipped over on the moon despite a successful landing. Now, I guess that was just overlooked. Was the base not wide enough? Did they land on uh, a slope, a hill? Uh, But anyways, uh, the, the, the name of the company is Intuitive Machines. And it wasn't intuitive enough to not tip over. There you go. Where are we going with all this artificial intelligence and what? It doesn't take much uh, to bring it all down. Now, they're saying it remains operational. Uh, The engineers are actively sending commands, but they had a lot more plans for it. uh, And with it tipping over, that's not good. Now, Warren Buffett. Not the first one to tip over either. I think... The Japanese version tipped over, too. So we got, well, yeah, well, it turns into space junk real quick, I guess. Huh? About once a week, things tip over here in South Carolina, living on the river. I noticed we went away for a couple of days. I come back, and all my solar panels are tipped over. All my uh, umbrellas are tipped over. <laughs> it's all well, it takes missed, is a little wind. You you missed a, a bit of a uh, Wizard of Oz event uh, for about I for did. about ten minutes on uh, on Saturday, just before just before uh, my middle son soccer match and so wow. uh, by the end you had two rainbows and uh and sun uh, um so it was uh yeah it was basically waited wow. wait 15 minutes and it turned uh turned back to, oh, yeah, to beautiful to just yeah. beautiful that's that's uh <laughs> you know that's the weather okay now this is also bothersome here warren buffett's comments over the weekend on how many stocks he's finding to buy the answer is zero Number one. Number two, he's closing in on a trillion dollars in market cap. Now, NVIDIA did it uh, in a couple of weeks, right? How long, is it, how long has uh, Berkshire Hathaway been around? Uh, it, it took, it, it's the, uh, the turtle, you know, the rabbit in the, 
the and and hit, you know one's a a, a rabbit like uh, and it's not sustainable he says and he claims that his is more sustainable because it's been built the right way but slow and steady wins the race I guess. yes now look at the race. insiders that are selling jeff bezos dumped nine billion dollars worth of amazon of course, he moved to Miami first, where there's a zero uh, <laughs> a capital gains tax, a state tax. Uh, J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, uh, in his first ever sale, unloaded $150 million worth of stock. Now, that's chump change compared to Bezos' $9 billion. But Jamie Dimon is a pretty smart guy. Uh, he unloads that he's a big insider, a seller. Meta's Mark Zuckerberg took profits by dropping $650 million worth of shares. Uh, and executives and directors of the Walton family at uh, Walmart uh, also had a big sale. Uh, in the meantime, Warren Buffett's cash pile continues to grow, hitting a record. One hundred and sixty-seven billion at the end of twenty twenty-three. So, you figure if he's at nine hundred billion, he's sixteen percent right now in cash. Now, why is he sitting in cash? Well, he says the Oracle of Omaha says there remain only a handful of companies. Of course, he's got to buy mega companies. That narrows down the list right there, right? I mean, what is he, he probably got 100 companies to choose from because of the size of his fund, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, I mean, if, yeah, he'd be buying entire companies, and it still wouldn't move the needle if he's purchasing a you know $5 billion company, for example. Well, he says there remain only a handful of companies in this country capable of truly moving the needle at Berkshire. And they have endlessly been picked over by us and others. Some we can value, some we can't. And if we can, they have to be attractively priced. Well, maybe he needs to go outside of America. Here's what he says about that. Outside the U.S., there are no candidates that are meaningful options for capital deployment at Berkshire. All in all, we have no possibility of eye-popping performance. So we're going to continue to grind it out. You've got all this insider selling going on, and you've got the Oracle of Omaha not being able to find anything to buy. Uh, Sixteen uh, bill, uh, He's now got $167 billion. That's bigger than most companies out there. In <laughs> yeah. cash, $167 billion. Okay, do we have a new player in AI? Uh, how about the Idaho company that's up 4.9% today? Why? Micron Technology said that it has begun volume production of its high bandwidth memory semiconductors, HBM3E, high bandwidth memory 3E, and whose chip are, are this, is <laughs> this technology? Who do you right. think? NVIDIA. <laughs> That's what I saw that, too. The latest chip for artificial intelligence. Uh, Micron makes a piece of it. Micron's now a $100 billion company. Uh, probably the best performing stock of the day today, breaking out almost to a 52-week high. That is a 52-week high. 
up 5% on four times life. Just mention the word AI, the phrase AI, or the word NVIDIA. Yeah, or, or most importantly, say both of them. Yeah, right? both of them together and boom, 5% immediately. Okay, let's see. We're going to have a new EV car coming uh, to market, Lotus, which has been around. I think they eventually started making kits that you could build your own Lotus at home. Uh, they took over a SPAC. Uh, Lee Autos uh, reported earnings this morning. That's one of China's leading uh, EV makers. It's up 15% on the news. I think China's going to really take on Tesla. Uh, because they can lower the price. They don't care. They've got probably government subsidies coming in. EV winter, don't tell Toyota and Ferrari, sitting at their multi-year highs. Well, and that's because Toyota's focused on the hybrid side. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> I don't know that Ferrari makes a uh, an electric car. Uh, and Stellantis is, make, is hitting new highs all, also, while Lucid. Riv- I saw a Rivian truck. I pulled up to one yesterday at a stop uh, light. I didn't see anything special there. You know, talk I- about yeah, talk about boots on the ground. My my wife was telling me uh, she was to tell me that she's seen a, a lot of them for sale around here on you know these uh, on you know neighborhood social media sites or you know uh, Facebook uh, sale you know uh, marketplace or what have you and. Um, I mean, she was talking about like you know, six or seven for sale, and I haven't seen that many. Yeah, and I wonder what here, kind so of hit they're taking uh, from what they paid for it. Well, it was <laughs> around, yeah, they're selling them for. I asked her what the price was, and she said around eighty thousand. And I'm thinking, man, what they like, pay one twenty something like that? In the, over over, I think it's six figure range for 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 one of those. So. Okay, Patrick Doyle is at it again. Uh, of course, uh, he's the guy that turned around Domino's, and now he's at. Uh, quality restaurants, which is Burger King, uh, Popeye's, Firehouse uh, Subs, and Tim Hortons. Burger King fans are going on and on about the fiery fish sandwich. You know, I saw it on their marquee. I, I did pass a Burger King, the one I usually stop at coming home uh, on uh, over the weekend, <clears throat> and they are raving about the fiery fish sandwich. It's like you know, it's like a spicy chicken sandwich. Uh, it's got a, 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 a like a, a a very good mayonnaise on it. it. Looks pretty good actually. It's haddock. It's haddock fish. Uh, it's got a crispy coating, and fans are raving about it. Now this comes on the wake on the heels of the Ghost Whopper, the Ghost. What was it? The Ghost uh, Pepper Whopper which they had at Halloween. And that's the one you liked. I that's really liked it. And then I had their uh, their sugar-cured bacon, candied bacon Whopper, which I thought was excellent. Uh, and now they've got the fiery fish sandwich. So they're trying a lot of things there. you got the turnaround king uh, in uh, Patrick Doyle. Uh, that is, uh, is uh, you know, the turnaround expert there at Burger King. And last but not least, Palo Alto's bouncing today. It's up 5% after getting crushed for, I think, 28% last uh, Wednesday or so. As J.P. Morgan says, hey, things aren't that bad at Palo Alto. Okay, we're going to take a look underneath the surface of the market when we come back. But I'm up to the wrong call. Hit us in a bad place. Yeah. 
Welcome back here to the uh, final segment of today's Best Stocks Now show. Well, this is always my, uh, I have the most fun doing this final segment of the show. Let's have a little fun. Let's take a look inside the S&P 500. It's one thing to look at how the index is doing, but it's another thing to go underneath the surface and uh, see who's leading, uh, who the laggards are, etc., where the action is. Well, you mentioned Palo Alto Networks. They're uh, they're going to uh, check out that chart. It gives me it gives me the old, made me kind of cringe because it looks a little bit like a, an old square wow. root symbol. It looks like an old Dang. square root, beginnings of a square root symbol from <laughs> from, 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 from the, it's up not eight, my favorite type of math, put it that it's way. It's up 8.2%, <laughs> right? Right now, and uh, it came down hard last week after uh, they gave some kind of squishy and uh, questionable guidance, and uh, it came right down to its 200-day moving average. I always usually just let the dust settle, let the dust settle, and we'll see where the new numbers. I did do uh, a little valuation on it uh, on Saturday, and I thought, you know, it, it looks okay to me. It does not look that bad. And J.P. Morgan uh, today came along and agreed with me. Uh, And uh, the stock is up 8%. Now, that's one of the 19 anointed ones. Uh, Fewer culled, uh, or many are culled, fewer chosen. (laughs) Only 19 (laughs) in that premier growth account portfolio, and that's one of them, and it's having a big day today. It's up 8%. Okay, now also in the S&P 500, there's a couple other kind of surprises here. Lee Otto had a big uh, report out of China. Apparently they're adopting the EV cars uh, more than we are here. Tesla's kind of firming up here. Uh, we sold our Tesla a while back at uh, 226, I think. It's now at 200 even. It's going to face some resistance there at 200. But I will say it has built a nice sideways trend, uh, other ways known as a base. Uh, but their 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 sales uh, growth has really, really decelerated big time. Can they get it back? That's a question. Uh, and Tesla right now fighting with 200. It was at 300 back in July of last year, so it's lost a third of its value. It's still in a downtrend. It's trying to build a base here. Uh, it got as low as 175. It's up 25 points off of that low. Uh, I'm still not a buyer uh, at this level. Uh, my valuation uh, doesn't really work out for it with that 75 80% upside potential. I'll take another look at it here today, but you know, I just, uh, I have a, I don't have a good feeling in the pit of my stomach about the electric vehicle unless it's mandated, uh, which it well could be. Uh, but there's, uh, I think, uh, I think the American public has turned pretty sour uh, on the whole idea. <laughs> we just mentioned the Rivians for sale. And how much they paid for those things. It was a novelty and it was something. It was kind of a, uh, you know, uh, to have a Rivian, a little bit of a status symbol. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at it and I go, what's the big deal here? It's not that good looking. It's not that different looking from my first truck, a Datsun pickup. <laughs> it was right. a beautiful little car with Baja wheels and 
well, you know. It was interesting. We saw we saw one of the uh, Fisker Oceans in front of us um, yesterday. We're um, wow, that's had to pick rare. Up a couple of things, right? And yeah, and I'm like, were they at the Whole Foods Market? It, it, so yes, well, so that's no, what I it, well they were not at Whole Foods. They oh. <laughs> they were close to one, but yeah, they were. Uh, you know, saw with the California tag. Uh, my that wife figures. immediately goes, how many times do you think they had to charge that thing to get here? Oh, um, and God. then it turns out we went by uh, we went by the uh, outdoor shopping uh, mall around here, and uh, and they had a, a like a tent set up, and I guess you could test drive them. Oh, so they probably wow. didn't drive okay. them here. They probably no. had them on a truck. Put it, and they put it on a, a truck that it yes. took 5,000 gallons of diesel to get the car here from California. <laughs> right. But That's it, uh, the deal. It, but yeah, so it was. Uh, they were giving away water and other things to uh, to get folks to hop in a, in a gold in a coins. But yeah, it's the first time I've first time I've seen one of the Fisker Oceans. But. Okay, is it a nice looking car? You should have snapped yeah, it a picture. Like it, I should have. Yeah, I was driving. Um, okay. I should have had my wife do it. That but doesn't yeah, we, stop me. <laughs> right. We we had a because uh, I've sent you one the first time I yes. saw a Rivian. But we uh, yeah, it was an SUV. It looked it looked good, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's just it. it, it, it doesn't it doesn't really appeal to me for all the reasons that no. we talk about. So. Where's the service going to be if it breaks down? Domino's Pizza breaking out today, up 6.7%. That's the stock. You could have made a fortune in that stock had you bought it when uh, Patrick Toyle, of course, he was kind of an unknown. I don't know what he did before Domino's, but by the end, uh, by the time he left uh, uh, Domino's, it was up like 2,300% in 11 years, breaking out to a new high. He's not there anymore. Uh, the second biggest winner, we mentioned Micron, MU, that's got a little bit of uh, NVIDIA buzz around it. Uh, and then the only other one that kind of catches my eye here is Adobe. That's a nice bounce there. Adobe came down to its 200-day moving average. It went onto my watch list. The watch list means, uh, 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 don't you dare break down any further. I'm going to take my profit and run, take the money and run. But it's bouncing off the 200-day moving average very nicely today is Adobe. And Adobe's got a little bit of, uh, of uh, not not NVIDIA, but a little bit of AI. And then Salesforce is up 2.6% because they report earnings later this week. Uh, Arista Networks is having a nice bounce. It's up 2.3%. That's one of our uh, big positions. And ServiceNow, one of our big positions. So it's a good day for the software stocks, which uh, had a bad week last week. Well, in the newsletter over the weekend, I gave you all the highlights of last week. A lot of news items that, you know, this is where you find these little breaking stories is where you find uh, new opportunities, stuff flying under the radar, etc. But I just give you the highlights. Uh, I updated my target price for the S&P 500. I updated our, uh, our, our five portfolios and how they've done so far this year. We're having a very, very good year, uh, just uh, two months into the year. To get two free weeks of the best stocks now newsletter, the best damn newsletter on the stock market in the land, uh, get uh, go to GundersonCapital.com. GundersonCapital.com. It will change the way you look at the stock market. No longer will you say, "I wonder if I should buy Kimberly Clark or not here at this level." You know, it's just <laughs> we believe in uh, buying stocks in their prime, right? Prime stakes cost a lot more. Uh, it tastes better than uh, than old, uh, you know, uh, certified Angus, whatever uh, cut you, you're talking about there. 
GundersonCapital.com to set up an appointment with us. 855-611-BEST. 855-611-BEST. Have a great and a fun day, everybody. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Charles Schwab. Schwab is a member of SIPC and FINRA.